Welcome to the Write Good Books podcast, the audio companion to writegoodbooks.com with your host, Jason Bogart. And welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm back again with our co-host, Scott Michael Childers. How are you today? I would like to go on record, say (laughs) that this is a great day. It is a wonderful day for this time of year. Yes. So, last time... (laughs) Thanks for sticking around, guys. (laughs) Last time, we talked about historical fiction and alternate history and the differences between the two. And uh, in our off-camera discussion, we talked a little bit about narrative nonfiction. So I think we'll kind of pick up there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, and last time, I kind of tried to say I wanted to use a little Bohemian Rhapsody tie into that. I think narrative nonfiction would cover biopics and things like that, kind of. I think they'd be the closest analogy yeah. to them, yeah. So I think narrative nonfiction would be something that's more or less historically accurate, but written in the form of a novel, yeah, as opposed it, to a history book. Yeah, it, it, like the intent is mm-hmm. to describe what happened as accurately as possible. Okay, and you want to you want to do it in a more reader friendly way than an academic way. Yeah, it, it, it's trying to take that old textbook thing that uh, 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue, or what, whatever, uh, and trying to turn it into, and Columbus went to the queen and, and describing the court and describing the, what happened and maybe throwing in potential dialogue between the, the historians. So this isn't, this isn't a brand new thing. This is when you're a kid reading about the the mega mega superhero that Christopher Columbus was. <laughs> Can you tell the sarcasm <laughs> dripping out of but, but we were, uh, it was told like a story. It, it yes, was, yeah. especially in you know the children's picture books. Right? right, right. It's not written as just facts. They try to have a story type of thing. And what what is kind of new Maybe the nomenclature, narrative mm-hmm. nonfiction, mm-hmm. that might be somewhat new to some okay. folks. But I think there's a growing interest in this, oh, okay. a growing reader interest. Yeah. Um, you know, so, since I do a lot of work with libraries, they are finding those are the nonfiction books that people are pulling off the shelves, as opposed to just the regular straight old, just the facts, ma'am sure. approach. Okay. You could almost call it narrative pulp fiction. Only if we're talking about the history of orange pulp juice. Non-fiction. There you go. <laughs> Narrative, yeah. Narrative, non-pulp fiction. But yeah, it's it's kind of um, you know, our our society as a whole, we're not looking for in-depth things. We're looking for the uh, headlines, the the quick hits, and this is kind of an easier way to read fiction. Well, it, it, here's the thing. It's kind. Of, it kind of goes against what your your point is because narrative nonfiction usually takes longer to get to what happened. Oh, ooh, but maybe. it's more entertaining. Yeah, it's more entertaining. You'll get more emotions pushed if. And I think it tries to rebuild some of the context yeah. of what was happening a little bit more than just the straight. Okay. Oh yeah, you know, I think you're right. So. Because you might it, the the ones I've looked at before have really tried to get into the characters' heads a little more than if. A history book would. Yeah. Or Wikipedia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, any of those types of, of, of again, just the facts okay. type of reporting. Um, but here's here's kind of the conundrum. We call it narrative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. But in many cases, we are creating the dialogue between people 
in some of the details, some of the thought processes. There is there's yeah. some guesswork. Now the really good ones do a lot of research. Yeah. You know, if they find diaries, they read those to sure. try to to get some of the nuances of the historical people involved. But they're not creating new characters. They're not creating new. Okay, that's where they would differ from historical fiction. Yeah, so they're not adding to. Mm-hmm. They're trying to make everything work with what we know. Mm-hmm. So no new characters. They may have to give some people new names. You know, if, if someone wrote the diary, I talked to the neighbor, and they never know what oh, the neighbor's okay. name is. They may have to create a name for the neighbor. So there, there are little bits and pieces that are created so that way it reads like a, a good story. Okay. But the intent is not to deceive. The intent is not to create something new. The intent is to relive the moment. Okay. In a way, it's historical fan fiction. Well, we, ha- <laughs> we had that episode where it's historical mm-hmm. fiction in general, oh, fan yes. fiction of the real world. <laughs> uh, go That's back, and I think it's so, even in our first... one of the earlier ones, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you're... Just. <laughs> You know, and so there are some diehards mm-hmm. that live with that lump, narrative nonfiction with historical fiction. Okay. Because there's additions mm-hmm. to make it read like a story, like we said. Mm-hmm. And then there's others like, no, there's no intent to create a new story or a new dialogue. So it can be called nonfiction. Just like some. Some nonfiction works fill in the gaps with some assumptions. Yeah, that's uh, what these do. You know. So yeah. as a writer, if you're trying to write in in this genre or in historical fiction, how careful should an author be about blurring that line? I mean, is it really is it a really firm line? Do you think if you if you cross it, then all of a sudden you're writing historical fiction instead of narrative nonfiction. Oh, wow. And does a publisher care? And maybe a publisher would not even care. Okay, for your second question, yeah. only a publisher could, could give you the yeah. answer to that. Um, as far as what I've experienced, um, I have not tried to enter the narrative nonfiction mm-hmm. world, you know, at that level. But I think a person who's trying to do a narrative nonfiction has to really watch to make yeah. sure that they're, they're not changing what we you know what is researched and known about a person and, and here here's where i go off on the fan fiction thing mm-hmm. you know fan fiction people they'll change known characters to fit their plot oh yeah yeah right you you can't do that you, you know the plot right. you know the beats you know what happened so you can't change those things so that those historical uh persons have to still remain true as best as you can. And so you may add some dialogue, but it still needs to sound like them. They still have to use the mm-hmm. the lexicon that you know that they have as opposed to throw in other words because you think it might create it even creating puns, you know, if the mm-hmm. if the char- if the the historical person that you're writing about is not known to make puns, yeah, don't make puns in the dialogue oh, that yeah. you're putting in their mouth. So it it's tough. And in this type of a novel, you can't avoid dialogue. Well, yeah. I mean, see, that's yeah, what makes you, it narrative yeah, nonfiction. Yeah. So right? you really you have to 
you have to do your homework. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. Well, I, I, I maybe spoke a little quickly. You could avoid dialogue in narrative nonfiction, but then is it really a story? Right. About, about people? Right. Then it's... You're, you're, you just have a narrator telling you what happened. Um, then it's a history book. It, then, yeah, then it's really leading towards that history book. It's not a story anymore. It's... Yeah. I'd say some of the difficult parts would be writing scenes where a character is alone, where no one could have witnessed what that character is in that character's head, what they were thinking mm -hmm. or what they were doing. And I could see it. I could see it being, you get tempted to make things up and not even realize you're making things up. You're just, all of a sudden you're writing and you're in the mood and you're... And, and you know what the next beat of the story <laughs> needs to be? And so, yeah, here's how I get from this point to that point in a really <laughs> interesting or efficient or whatever your goal is matter. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really kind of a, a hard type of book to write. <laughs> especially if you haven't researched anything. But on the other hand, you're not thinking of creating a plot. You're not creating a world. Mm -hmm. You're not creating characters. Yeah. In essence, with narrative nonfiction, you are filling in gaps. Yeah. As opposed to other things where, you know, even historical fiction, you may be creating a couple of side characters that... Yeah. Here you're almost the director <laughs> instead of the screenwriter. That's a... Very interesting analogy. I never thought of it that way, but it, it kind of is. Or, or you know, the 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 post shooting editor. Yeah, it's like we yeah. we need a retake on this. One. Yeah. Huh. So I, um, as you've probably gathered, I've never attempted to write any of these genres, but narrative nonfiction. I wonder how you even get your foot in the door. Do you know? Are these? Do you go through academic circles to start? Do you look? You know, do you just query, I suppose you just look for publishers or agents who, who accept these type of queries and just query like anything else. Yeah, you know, you don't have to do narrative nonfiction in the academic publishing world. In fact, it probably doesn't sell that it. well. Yeah, they wouldn't want that. But again, it, it's a, a trending type of genre right now. So. Oh yeah, you know, when you, you said it's, Popular in libraries, so there's definitely a market. So I'm sure there are agents looking for. Yeah, and then even, there there might be some more traditional nonfiction publishers that would like a more novel approach to oh, certain yeah. things. Hmm. Like you're gonna to have to research to write the story. You're gonna to have to research who to sell it to. It'd be interesting to see the percentage of narrative nonfiction authors who have history degrees. Yeah. Readers, if you know, leave us a comment. Yeah. Well, and that's where your acknowledge, acknowledgments page mm -hmm. becomes really, really full. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, it, it's you're, if you're doing that, you're building off the work of other people. You're building oh, off yeah. of other researchers yeah. Yeah. as well. Maybe not to just, like, grab whole pieces, but to look at their interpretations. Mm -hmm. Because there are certain, there are many events where historians themselves may be a little split mm -hmm. on what really happened or what was the tone of that right. type of thing. So there may have to be some de decisions you make say, this is what I, I am, I am seeing as what happened. Yeah. And really you see that in all history books. I mean, you can see 
mm-hmm. pick any president of FDR, let's say. I mean, you see, you'll see one side from one historian, you'll see another side from another historian. I'm sure narrative nonfiction is no different. Yeah. yeah, and we're not saying anyone's making up anything. It's just that certain decisions are made on what to show. Oh, yeah. Or yeah, yeah. certain knowledge becomes available that wasn't available before. Uh-huh. So, and that's a danger with writing a, even a traditional nonfiction work. Oh, I mean, yeah. take a look at, <laughs> at planet books in nonfiction. <laughs> Pluto's a planet. No, it's not. <laughs> well, maybe, we're, maybe there's another one. You know, you're trying to take a snapshot of what human knowledge is at this point in yeah. time. So, and, you know, I've seen some narrative nonfiction where... It's obvious that the author is trying to promote an agenda because of what they emphasize about this historical person. Oh, sure. And the types of discussions Mm -hmm. that they portray. Well, especially if it's a historical person and you're looking at just a small time frame. Yeah. You know, you can can leave out so much or or pull in so much to fit the agenda of the book you're writing. Well, and going back to what we started this out with, biopics, mm-hmm. right? You could show in those two to three hours any moment in that person's life. Yeah. Which ones do you show? Which interactions do you put up mm-hmm. on the screen? Do you show them practicing a guitar or singing lessons mm-hmm. at age seven? Right. Or do you show getting a band together? Yeah. Or do you show the discussions with the record executives mm-hmm. or... Show backstage at the big event. You have to make some choices. You can't do everything. Right. So there's going to be some bias, um, whether it's for a reason or just because you think it would make this story interesting. Right. Now, yeah. And the bias doesn't even have to be from a bad, exactly. know, a bad motive. I mean, it could just be, well, I want to show Bret Hart biopic. I want to show how he got into wrestling. I don't care what his family life was like. Or, yeah, so. yeah. Or vice versa. I'm going to... Yeah cut down on the in-ring stuff for that, for Bret Hart, and I'm going to show the family drama. Yeah. It's what is your goal in mm-hmm. this? What, And so and that's what can make it engaging. If, yeah. there, if there's an author who's writing narrative nonfiction who wants to show this and have examples of why it's important people should know about whatever side or whatever mm-hmm. event that's what makes it engaging, as opposed to a, just a generic, here he is in the crib, and here he is in the grave, yeah. and here here's some things that happen in between. So I think that's part of what could make it very engaging. Yeah, yeah. Is having that, this is why this person matters enough to write a book about, mm-hmm. or this event matters enough to write a book about. Yeah, so it's a, it's a neat genre to read. and uh... I, I think so. I, I, again, it's more... More readers outside of schools, this is how they are learning mm-hmm. about history. Yeah, for sure. So it's good to know it exists. It good, mm-hmm. It's good to know. It, it, I am biased. <laughs> it's good to know it exists. It's good to know how it's constructed. It's good to know that choices are being made to present a point of view. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just decisions are made to show this particular particular story about this particular historical moment yes it's awesome and if any of you out there happen to write in this genre i'd love to hear from you so you can go to write book write goodbooks.com slash podcast and leave us some feedback or uh, there's an email contact form link on the page as well 
And if you'd like to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash writegoodbooks. And if you listen to us on YouTube, go ahead and click that like and subscribe. It helps us out. And is there anything else? I don't think so. I think I got all my plugs in. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for checking us out, and we'll see you next time. See you in the history books.